This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 67. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest Sask Weed Outlook, which also looks at grain disruptions caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The Water Security Agency releases a report on water supplies this summer, a sharp contrast from last year. We look at haying progress and supplies in Saskatchewan, and concerns about rail service this fall. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Wheat markets remain volatile during the past week. The latest market outlook from the Sasquheat website was compiled by Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting. He says there were few wheat sales during the past week. Pakistan rejected offers on their 300 to 500,000 ton tender. Japan booked 122,220 tons of wheat from the U.S. and Canada, and Egypt purchased 63,000 tons from Germany. Weekly U.S. commercial sales were 286,000 for a total commitment number of 6 million tons, 28% of the USDA's total export number for the 2022-23 season. There were rumors that China bought 200 to 300,000 tons of wheat from the USPNW. Nothing has been confirmed on this sale yet. Here is some of the most important news that happened last week. The Agriculture Market Information System, or AMIS, released their July World Supply and Demand Outlook last week. In the outlook, they decreased their global production number by 500,000 tons to 770 million tons. This is 8 million tons less than last year's amount. The decrease was due to smaller than expected crops in the EU, Argentina, and Iraq, which offset increases in Canada, Australia, and Russia. Amos increased their utilization number from last month to 770.6 million tons. This is still below last year, given the expected demand rationing in the feed and industrial sectors. Trade forecasts were raised by 1.7 million tons from last month on larger-than-expected shipments from Australia and Russia. Overall, ending stocks were increased by 1.5 million tons from last year to 299.3 million tons, signaling only a slight drawdown in stocks from last year's 299.6 million tons. Stats Canada released their Canadian seeded acreage numbers last week. They indicated that Canadian farmers planted 8.7% more wheat area than last year at 25.4 million acres. Spring wheat led the increase, up 10.5% from last year at 18.2 million acres, while winter wheat was down 12.7% to 1.2 million acres. 
Given AAFC's yield number, these changes in seeded area would result in roughly 500,000 tons more wheat being produced in Canada. Growing conditions in the western prairies remain strong overall. Alberta has too much moisture in its central region, which has caused provincial crop conditions to fall by 2% from last week to 82% good to excellent. Soil moisture conditions in Saskatchewan improved, and topsoil moisture is 71% adequate. In Manitoba, the spring wheat crop is in strong condition, at 90% good to excellent. The latest Canadian shipping data showed that Canada exported 1.1 million tons of wheat during the month of May. This was the third largest export month year-to-date, behind only the harvest months of August and September. August to May exports totaled 10 million tons, or 57% of last year's amount. Japan has been the largest customer of Canadian wheat this year, importing 1.3 million tons, up 1% from last year. Japan is the only major customer who has not dramatically decreased imports of Canadian wheat. Wilton also discussed grain shipment disruptions because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Russian news agency TASS says the country exported 30.7 million tons of wheat during the 2021-22 crop year. This is compared to the USDA's 33 million ton number. It is becoming increasingly apparent that some of the estimates of Russia and Ukraine's exports are too high. Russia's lineup is thin. Their export tax makes it difficult to make forward sales, and Ukraine's grain movement is much too slow to meet the USDA's 10 million export number. There are reports of burning Ukrainian wheat fields near conflict zones. It is unclear if the fires are being intentionally set by Russia, or if the fires are a result of missiles and defense systems. Ukraine's inability to export grain has caused domestic wheat prices offered to farmers to fall to $100 a ton. Prices this low bears questions on whether planting a crop this fall will be worthwhile, or even financially feasible. Michael Wilton compiled this week's market outlook for the Sask Wheat website. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. A new report from the Water Security Agency says surface water supplies have improved over the past month due to varied rainfall. Agency spokesperson Sean Osmar says lake and water reservoir levels across most of Saskatchewan are near normal. With recent rainfall that we've seen uh, pretty much across the province, uh, we've seen a, a general improvement over conditions in the past months. Most lake and reservoir levels uh, across Saskatchewan are near normal. Flows are doing well, so uh, we're, we're cautiously optimistic about uh, about the state of uh, the water supply right now. Now, you've gone over uh, areas of the province, so I want to touch on that. First off, let's start with the southeast part of the province. How is it looking in that part, the Wiscana Creek Basin and the Chrono Marsh area? So southeast, we saw, you know, recently, past month or so, there was pretty significant rainfalls that happened, particularly uh, around Weyburn and that area. Which did raise water levels. We have seen some localized flooding around the Chrono Marsh area. Some agricultural land has been flooded out, but we have seen, you know, an improvement, especially over last year. And this will this will ring true for uh, for just about every region of the province. But uh, conditions compared to last year have certainly improved. The southwest was extremely dry. How are they doing this July? 
So Southwest, this uh, continues to be below normal. And it, like you said, it, uh, it was very dry last year. It was a lot of high heat, high temperatures, no rainfall, very little rainfall overall. So they're still below normal uh, at this point of the year. But uh, like I said, conditions have improved with, uh, with higher inflows. Uh, particularly along the South Saskatchewan and some uh, some late spring uh, weather that they received there. How's the east, central, and northeastern areas of the Grain Belt? So east, central, uh, higher than normal precipitations has generally led to uh, to some wet conditions, but again, we've seen improvements uh, over last year there. Up in the north and northeast, uh, again, significant rainfall, I should say, uh, has, has improved conditions across the province there. Uh, we're seeing some, some strong flows on the, on the river system built that way. How's the Lake Diefenbaker situation? So Lake, Lake Diefenbaker, uh, we've seen a, a real strong improvement there. Uh, those levels have come up. We had that late alpine snowpack that came. Uh, and some of your listeners might remember there was, there was even skiing still in July there in, in some parts of, uh, of Alberta. So that runoff has uh, largely materialized now. Has come through across uh, across Alberta and into Lake Diefenbaker. We've seen levels go up. I think we're about a, a meter higher than we were even last week. Uh, we'll, so we'll see some continued levels rising there. We're above where we were in 2021. Still a little bit below normal, but again, we've seen a big improvement overall uh, for Lake Diefenbaker. What about the Capel River system? How's it looking? Capel is looking well. Is looking pretty good as well. Most of the lakes there are uh, are pretty much at their summer operating ranges. And so as long as you know we continue to see sort of normal amounts of precipitation, we think that that will be able to be maintained throughout the summer for recreation users and everybody else out that way. So uh, that's that's definitely good to see uh, along that system as well. I understand the Round Lake though is expected to remain a bit low. Round Lake will remain a bit low uh, throughout the summer but we'll continue to work with what we have in the Capel system to do what we can for that. Sean Osmar is a spokesperson with the Water Security Agency. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Brittany Warner here with realagriculture.com, hanging out at Canada's Farm Show here in Regina, Saskatchewan. Now, I am joined right now by Carmen Lai. She is with a Food Centre, who is a non-profit organization that's doing a lot of cool stuff, especially for entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit about Food Centre, Carmen, and what its goal is. Okay, so uh, the Food Centre, we're actually located in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, a lot of the services that we provide um, is targeted toward entrepreneurs and startups. Um, we provide expertise and facility for the entrepreneurs that are looking to develop a, a food product and manufacture it and get it out to the marketplace. Um, one of the key things that we have um, right going right now is our awesome program. And our awesome program is geared towards women entrepreneurs that are, uh, going, that are in the value-added uh, food processing business. There's um, special business, um, business uh, uh, programs for specifically for women entrepreneurs that are wanting to grow their business, um, startups that are looking to go into the food and uh, beverage processing business. Right, so this is awesome for, for entrepreneurs who have a great idea. Maybe it's a recipe that they think would you know make it in the marketplace but don't necessarily have all those other steps in place. This is where you guys come in and can either help tweak um, the recipe or get them into a food processing place. 
Um, what, what's kind of the range of services that you guys provide for entrepreneurs? Okay, so um, the entrepreneurs that we service are, um, you know, they're mom and pop operations, they're mid-sized companies, and they're also large multinational companies as well too. So depends on the types of services that they need. Uh, we have food development. So you're, you know, we have entrepreneurs that are coming to us with a product idea. You know, how do they turn that idea into a recipe, into a formulation that they can scale up and manufacture and package and be able to sell it in the marketplace. So we have a dedicated uh, product development team that will be able to work with the um, work with the entrepreneur, with the business owner to fine tune that formulation. And then um, once the uh, formulation is fine is developed, then we have a manufacturing facility, federally inspected manufacturing facility that can help them scale up that operation or scale up that production and be able to manufacture, you know, thousands of jars of jams or jerky, whatever that they can sell in the marketplace. So. Um, you know, we'll help them with um, packaging, labeling, um, manufacturing, um, food safety, all that sort of thing that needs to be in place before you can actually sell it in the retail stores. I think that has to be a breath of fresh air, or at least a sigh of relief for entrepreneurs, right? Because there is, especially talking of the food industry, there are so many things, so much red tape that you have to go through in order to get it onto the shelves, right? So now, is this just based for uh, Saskatchewan entrepreneurs? Do you work outside of the province at all? Um, it is for outside of the process as well. Um, majority of our clients are from Saskatchewan, but uh, we do have a lot of clients that are from the other Prairie provinces um, and also international com companies as well too that are, are using our services. Um, I think one of the you know one of the things with the food center and the benefits of using the food center is that you know we kind of reduce that capital risk for entrepreneur. You know they're not um, they're not required then to buy their own equipment or build their own facility just to um, test market their product. So so they're able to use us as a um, as a stepping platform, I guess, to, to launch their food product. Are you guys starting to see more and more entrepreneurs kind of go down this road um, of wanting, or I guess more entrepreneurs emerging than before, people saying, hey, you know what, I can do this, and kind of just taking that first initial step. Are we seeing more of that happening within the province? I think so. I think yeah. so. I mean, like, given, you know, in terms of the number of clients that we, you know, we deal with every year, you know, we're growing substantially, not only our facilities, is growing, but also the number of uh, entrepreneurs that are using our services. You know, I think last year, um, I don't know, maybe there was about 40, 45 clients. We have about 70 clients. So yeah. yeah. When we at Real Agriculture, we did a story on three farmers and kind of their process and where they're at now. They just got a really big investment um, from Arlene Dickinson, and you were saying previously that you actually worked with them in the beginning stages. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Any other big names that you guys have would be one of your favorite success stories? You know what, there's a lot of success stories. Um, I'm not really, you know, quite sure who to name, but we have yeah. a lot of companies that are out in the marketplace, they're selling the products. You know, some may be selling internationally, some may be selling in a local grocery store, but to us, uh, everyone is a success. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind southeast 20, gusting to 40, increasing to 40, gusting to 60 this afternoon. The high today, 30 degrees. 60% chance of showers tonight, the low 15. 
Thursday, sunny with a high 29, the low 16. Friday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 28, the low 15. Saturday, sunny with a high 32, the low 18. Sunday, sunny, the high 31, 30% chance of evening showers, the low 15. Monday, sunny, the high 28, the low 15. Tuesday, sunny, the high 29 degrees. Normal high for this date is 25. The normal low is 11. The sun rose at 5.02 this morning. It sets at 9.07 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, leader again at 31. The cold spot, Uranium City up north at 19. Estevan 25, Saskatoon 31, Swift Current 29, Weyburn and Yorkton both 26. Regina, sunny and 27, that's 81 Fahrenheit. Windsor from the south, southeast 32, gusting to 44. Humidity is 44%, the barometric pressure dropping 101.4. Part the cloudy, Moose Jaw 30, Windsor from the south, southeast at 33, gusting to 44. Once again, Regina, sunny and 27, that's 81 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Livestock producers are in the middle of haying season in Saskatchewan. Arnold Balicki from Shellbrook is the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. He says hay yields in the areas north of Prince Albert are much better than during last year's drought. Uh, last year was a little difficult even to see the swaths on the hills, and I think we're going to have a a pretty decent hay crop and the uh, land that we put into oats and barley for silage is exceptional. It's one of our best crops. Belicki says yields are looking good. Oh, yes. I, I think we're going to have, when it comes to the silage crops, we're probably going to have, you know, 12 ton an acre uh, or more on, the, on that oats barley deal. And as far as the bales, you know, there's, the newer fields are probably going to bring us close to three bales an acre, and the older land maybe you know around that two bale an acre. But we really need to replenish our uh, feed yard inventories. Our feed yard is empty, and that's not normal for us. We like to keep a, a half a year of supply of feed on hand, and we're empty this year. So it's going to take a couple of years to replenish the inventories in, in the feed yards, but this year is certainly going to help. Progress has been slowed by weather. Well, actually, what really slowed us down was we had uh, minus 10 in the first week of June with the wind chill, and it really stunted our alfalfa crops, and they just nicely started blooming up here. And so uh, we started knocking it down, and we have over 100 acres down now, and I'm raking, and my son is chomping at the bit, wanting to get behind me here and bail, but it's just not quite ready to, to run through the baiter yet. Balicki says hay yields vary across the province. Well, it's kind of strange. I have a friend down in the southwest who got a bale an acre last year, and this year what he's baled so far is about three-quarters of a bale an acre. So that particular area is terrible. And yet he'll tell me that 12 miles down the road, they've got one of their best hay crops ever. So if you got the rain, you have the hay in the pasture. If you didn't get the timely rains, you're 
kind of hooped. So there are parts of the province that are still in a, in a drought area, drought situation, and it doesn't look like that's going to get turned around for them this year. Arnold, Arnold Balicki from Shellbrook is chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Ukrainian foreign minister says grain exports from his country's ports won't resume without security guarantees for ship owners, cargo owners, and Ukraine as an independent nation. Military officials from Russia and Ukraine are set to hold their government's first face-to-face talks in months today. Speaking to the Associated Press ahead of the meeting in Turkey, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba said any agreement needs to ensure Russia will respect these corridors. They will not sneak into the harbor and attack ports. Kuleba also said that Ukraine's military is planning and preparing for full liberation of Russian-occupied cities and towns near the country's Black Sea coast. Parts of Africa are hoping for a resumption of grain exports from Ukraine to avoid food shortages. Andy Harrington, the president of the Canadian Food Grains Bank, held a news conference yesterday from Ethiopia. It's one of several nations in the Horn of Africa that suffered from drought, flood, conflicts and the ongoing war in Ukraine. Harrington was asked about the impact of grain shipments from Ukraine on the situation where he is in Ethiopia. Any opportunity for that grain to flow is going to be a good thing, but there is so much that has been locked up uh, and has not been available to the world that it's going to take a while for that to be lo- uh, to be released to the level that it was before. Um, we're hearing that uh, it could be two or three years to get that grain supply back to the same level that it was before. And, and you should know that the um, because of that area of Ukraine and Russia produces nearly a third of the world's cereal crops. And then the main supplier to 53 countries and territories around the world, including here in Ethiopia. And the the lack of that uh, food supply has drastically impacted both the availability of food and the price of what what remains. So I I think it will make an impact, but it's going to take a lot to to really impact things at at a measurable level. That's Andy Harrington with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sask Pork. Perfect pork, our passion, our promise. Learn more at sasspork.com. Grain prices were mixed in trading this morning. Viterra prices for feed barley fell $10 at $292.87. Canola dropped $10.90 at $796.92. Flax declined $30 at $862.67. Lentils fell $22.05 at $749.45. One red spring wheat went up 586 at 40844. The rest were unchanged. Durham 43642. Chickpeas 101413. Oats 35653. Yellow peas 47625. Feed wheat 33830. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat gained 12 and a half cents at 931 and a quarter cent a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 12th. Our last regular sale was on July 6th. We had close to 700 head at this sale. 600 of them were cows. The market is very strong right now. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.07 to $1.20. 
D3 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.07. Counter cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.80. Cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.25 to $1.50. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.60. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation, but what we did have sold well. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,300 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 251 to $266 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,000 head, selling in a range of 252 to $267 per CKG. Hams number one sales this week are up, selling in the range of 52 to 62 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is up, and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down seven basis points with a daily exchange at 1.3015. Canadian dollars currently trading at 77.23 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are higher midweek, with the Western Corn Belt regaining $1.43 U.S. 100 weight, national up 9 cents, and the national cutout adjusted variant higher by a nickel relative to the previous day. Support comes from the cutout, which advanced another $2.40 in the afternoon report and appears to be solidifying the seasonal increase in carcass value that is typically present at this time of year. Lean hog futures are trading higher this morning after seeing a mixed session yesterday. Nearby contracts have broken past recently established resistance levels, but the full contracts into 2023 have yet to regain the near-term highs seen earlier in June. The net result is a 33-week forward contract once again valued over $200 Canadian per CKG, while the Q4 2022 plus January timeframe is just under $197 Canadian per CKG. Another news, the July WASDE report was released yesterday for both corn and soybeans. The USDA numbers for ending stocks came in above analysts' estimates ahead of the report for both marketing years. To the extent that translates to lower feed prices for hog producers depends if the larger estimates are in fact realized. Actual production will now be contingent on the weather. New crop corn futures moved 42.6 cents lower to $5.94 U.S. a bushel, while new crop bean futures fell 62.4 cents to $13.61 U.S. a bushel. But there is talk this was also due to some managed money selling and that the report just provided rationale for a larger exit. Coming up, the resource report. Now the resource report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. SaskTel has announced the first phase of its $100 million rural fiber initiative is over 95% complete. The first phase allows the communities of Balgoni, Bigger, Langham and Pilot Butte can now connect to infinite service with extremely fast internet speeds. Phase 2 includes Kindersley, Meadow Lake and Rosetown and construction has already started in Kindersley and soon begins in the other two communities. The $100 million four-phase program will bring high-speed internet service to over 60,000 residents and businesses across 45 rural communities by the end of next year. Corteva AgriScience has announced two new seed treatment packages for corn and canola farmers for next year. Producers will receive improved disease control with a canola fungicide package with four modes of disease protection, including a new active ingredient for airborne blackleg protection. Blackleg can cause average yield losses of almost 10%. For corn growers, the seed treatment offers protection against a wide spectrum of diseases and nematodes. On the markets today, the TSX is down 17 points to 18,660. The Dow has fallen 12 points to 30,969. Oil has gained 2 cents at 95.86 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is little changed at 77.20 cents U.S. 
That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.